India charts the truth about the markets. India charts publishes Nifty Daily, daily video updates, the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes. After dropping almost 100 points on overnight queues, the Nifty closed 60 points positive today. And these are interesting points, especially for, you know, market analysts who are trying to figure things out. One, purely looking at what the charts are telling you and trying to believe in what they are really trying to tell you versus the news flow. And that's why I'm really loving it because the charts are doing exactly what they should. And the news flow is coming and going. So I try to discount that based on, again, chart signals from the news flow itself. So if you're talking about bond markets, you're talking about the banking index, you're talking about the banking sector in the US or any other news flow, open the chart related to that particular news item, study it specifically from an Elliott Wave perspective because that is the only science that allows you to understand behavior. Behavior is the rare animal. You want to understand mass psychology, how the crowd is behaving, which way are they headed and are they really done heading in a particular direction as far as they can with no headroom really left. Very, very important decision that allows you to discount news flows and markets in the right way. And if you're able to do it, you have a raging bull run for yourself. Uh, there are times where you can go wrong, get caught into uh, narratives and permas. Uh, it's human behavior. It happens to everybody. Uh, and which is why you have an entire subject known as behavioral finance that deals with these kind of issues. But the sooner you sort them out, figure out your own personality trait, and then put together the key steps you need to take, the variables you need to watch so that you don't make behavioral finance mistakes. And then you are set to go on a long journey to successful trading and investing. So this is this is the nutshell. And I think uh, that's sort of what we've ended up seeing now. When we, If I talk about the current movement of the last two days in wave theory language, then I would end up saying the market fell for a day until today's intraday low in three waves. And then rallied right past those uh, highs, you know, and when it falls in three waves, it simply means that the fall is a corrective pattern in nature and that uh, the rise is impulsive. Now, we've closed only marginally above 19,600. The last three wave fall of slightly one step bigger on the daily chart, uh, not just the hourly chart, 61% retracement is at around 19,650. That will be another level beyond which we say, okay, fine, this cannot be an X wave. But if I look at the hourly chart of the Nifty, we have got breakouts today from one, the minor falling channel for the last two day dip, and then a broader channel of the last two week dip. Both the falling channels trend lines were surpassed in one shot above 19,600. We also have the highest call writing in 19,600 ahead of tomorrow's expiration. which coincides with an RBI meeting. So here you have an event again, which relates again to interest rates, currency, and we can look at how those trends are in those individual markets. But a lot of news flow has really come in uh, around these different aspects over the last 10-15 days, which I'll really get into. But let me quickly reflect on what I think of the Nifty. I think the two-week correction is mostly over given this breakout. We are waiting for this 19,600 and then 19,650 to surpass as confirmation points. But when you drop to a level as low as 19,290, I actually see the risk reward, uh, the potential uh, support over there, at least for an immediate blip, uh, bounce back and, uh, you know, take uh, positions according to that because 
uh, when the risk reward is good when you know where your stop loss is that's when you need to act that is the uh, timing of the whole thing you can always manage risk when uh, when you take care of things at the right level you can position size which means you don't need to buy everything you can spread it out over a period of days and that also sorts things out so you don't really end up losing too much if things go against you but having critical levels uh, having right uh, points of waiting are important things in fact uh, and how do you figure all that out you use key indicators and all these indicators now have made available through the strike platform to each and everyone who wants to use them you know till yesterday it was like okay it's your private indicator or the sentiment indicators that we use whether it's positioning whether it's ad ad ratios i think nobody has in the country nobody has advanced decline ratio charts and we've plotted them i have history all the way to 2000 right now the strike software showing 2012 i'm pushing my team to make it available all the way to 2000 because we have the data and we simply need to show you the plot so looking at you know those wide ranges of data you actually able to study how a particular indicator behaved in a previous bull and bear market and then be able to place it in the same context and these indicators can be of different time horizons like the 40 day advance decline is useful for medium to long term and the 20 day can be used for much shorter term medium term cycles you know so uh, based on what time horizon you are in there are indicators for you out there which can be used and the rmi itself which is the rohit momentum indicator use it on the time frame you want use a quarterly chart if you want quarterly cycles it can apply for many many years and use an hourly chart if the next 4 to 5 days only interests you and so today in the last hour uh, the rmi did give a bullish crossover and uh, you know i've actually created in live mode uh, something that's important because i like to trade on the hour or on the day which means that if a signal is generated based on today's closing i want to buy today itself and not tomorrow morning I did a historical back test uh, very long back when I was running a model based uh, you know trading portfolio on Nifty called Nifty Thrifty at Sher Khan and when we when I did the back testing one of the funny things uh, I ended up testing is okay what if I buy on the close or what if I buy tomorrow morning what would be the difference in return the difference was almost 50% that means the cagr if it is 30% on one method it will be 50% 15% on the other method that means half the returns were given away in overnight gaps when i ran the test on a 20 year period of data so you can just imagine the amount of returns you're giving up by not acting quick enough which is why live signals which means a signal that is about to come even on the daily chart is important because then i can actually trade or take action in the last 15 minutes of the day and be ahead of the curve not wait for tomorrow morning's gap up action and similarly some signals on if you're using an hourly chart now the hourly signal only today came after 2:30 the market didn't move and then by 3 uh, it's only after 3 to 3:30 that last half an hour where it started to flash that a new hourly buy signal is actually coming now do i wait for it to come till 3:30 or do i and i buy it in the morning or do i buy now that becomes the question mark and that is where you know uh, watching indicators uh, in a live market is sometimes useful when you are positioning very very short term so that gets you excited when a you know trend moves and then it also confirms from a wave perspective that yes the fall was three waves and it is bouncing back it's not the fall was an impulse which means the fall was corrective and the rise is going to be the trend and therefore that is that is what it is and we've made a slightly higher low so even on a dow theory basis and we do have dow theory scanners now in Uh, strike as well so if you've not used the software simply go to scanners and look at dow trend scanner and you'll find that you can actually check that out 
you know if uh, something makes a higher high higher low that also in live mode we can know what is making it right now in the last uh, hour of the day the nifty made a higher high it surpassed the last two days high so it made a higher bottom intraday today and then made a higher high that gives you a higher high higher low dow theory trend reversal confirmation now dow theory trend reversals on a daily chart can act actually occur faster than the rmi itself so you can get two degrees of confirmation right one is the dow theory and second is the rmi and you could actually act on both with different quantities and so that is what is what we call as position sizing you don't buy everything on one indicator you spread it out across different time uh, horizons different indicators and different price levels and therefore uh, on additional confirmation as price moves in your favor you actually end up adding on the way up and that is a very nice way of managing risk so even if it gives back say for example what happened yesterday the early rmi went into sell mode during the day as it was falling after the first one hour and in the second hour when it did do that if you assigned say a 20 25% weightage to the indicator itself you could have reduced your positioning to some extent waited for it to pull back and then add it back you know those are the kind of strategies you can actually build once you start using a handful of indicators and i don't use more than 5 6 which is why i call it the rohit setup you can simply click on rohit setup in the strike software and it will show you those four five things which is like the bollinger band rmi 20 dma 40 dma and so on uh, i can add an additional rsi to it uh, which is not there uh, visually you are you can add it because it's the trading trading view indicator list is there and you can just add that on top of the chart and there you have you have the setup now all you need to do is execute execution is everything when it comes to markets that is what is going to be all about so i think the this pullback is done we are getting signals of confirmation that the uptrend is starting higher high higher low first confirmation daily rmi will come with a lag early is already come again for a second time from a higher bottom which is what makes it interesting and uh, now we'll watch out whether we get past 19650 and then we are off to off to new highs is my personal view because after that once you cross 61% of the last three wave fall I don't think there should be much more room for doubt. I mean things can always go wrong but I usually drop most of the doubts at uh, at that level. So after that I'll look for going past 19990 which means above 20k and that's going to be the outlook uh, for the days and weeks uh, ahead. Uh, how much above is something we explore uh, in greater detail uh, in the weekend with India chart so I'll leave that for there. But let me get into some of the concerns and how they've really been coming out. I mean since the since my last youtube video which i recorded and i published a little later after the federal reserve meeting a lot has happened right the federal reserve meeting itself should have been about the bond market i thought that sort of you know prior to his uh, his announcements uh, we were pretty much in a place where the inflation data was cooling uh, the growth data was you know also the employment data for example was also slowing i mean it was not growing as rapidly and so that was taken by the market as that fine this may be an early sign that yields can drop and the dollar can drop and that's what was happening as we went into the feds meet but once it was done the bond market did start to bounce back a bit because there were some worries that well he still has one more hike on the table and then two things happened right so even though uh, he has only one more hike so we can say okay fine that's one more we can discount it and uh, bond yields can start falling again but then you got the us downgrade the downgrade of uh, us credit uh, started creating some ripples across markets and that's sort of how this initial correction started not for india india was already correcting ahead of that but uh, us markets definitely got a jolt once uh, that happened so that was the initial jolt it pushed prices back to the 20 day average and for the nifty it actually pushed it further down to the 40 day now the us markets eventually got there and we'll see how so the first knee jerk reaction around 
the US debts, uh, you know, uh, debt downgrade is pretty amusing because when you look back at, uh, you know, all the way when the last downgrade happened, which is 2011, which is after the GFC, uh, almost two years later, which is why today on Twitter, I've actually written and there's somebody at this moment trying to comment back at me that, you know, how can you joke that, you know, uh, rating agencies are backward looking, but that is just the history of it. We have seen companies go down and then get downgraded by the rating agencies after they've gone down, after they've lost lost half their value, you know, much, much later than things, uh, than action should have actually been taken. And you might even see the same in the case of the Adani group right now. I don't know how many rating agencies downgraded after the Heidenberg reports, how many downgraded before the Heidenberg report and so on and so forth. So GFC happens, whole world crashes, banks go down and then the rating downgrade start for individual uh, banks. Also, they started in late 2009 and then for the U.S., uh, government, it ended up happening in 2011, you know, almost two years after the GFC that caused the short term knee jerk reaction, uh, a pretty big jolt, in fact, at that point of time, and then markets simply continued higher. Now, the jolt at that point of time was even bigger because, you know, the uh, ratings meant something because government uh, bonds essentially needed to be AAA rated if they had to be accepted as collateral. That was the rule. So the rule was AAA or uh, not acceptable under this category. And so that meant that suddenly under that category, US bonds would not be ex accepted and they are now double A uh, based on the S&P 500 ratings. Uh, but that was changed, I think, within months. And the new reading is AAA or government bonds. So which means it doesn't matter what the rating of the government bond is, it's still going to be accepted as collateral because it's pristine. And so that is why that part of the reaction is missing from the markets this time because it doesn't really affect your ability to park bonds with the bank as pristine capital, you know, because the rating has no meaning anymore according to the change in ruling. But it does send out a warning signal to government's boss, you're borrowing too much, which they already know to some extent. And they're already on a plan of inflating away uh, the debt. And if, if that's not what you understood from what they've been doing, I've written this in great detail in the long shot reports uh, over the last year and the current one also explained it once more why we think markets are going to behave the way they are behaving right now. So without going into too much detail there, uh, we just leave it at the idea that it doesn't matter anymore. Okay, government bonds uh, are not going to are not going to default, they're going to be inflated away. Okay, unless something goes wrong, you need, you need something wrong means some unexpected calamity, something like a war, something like, well, we already had COVID. So I don't know if I can say another epidemic of sorts or something that we don't really expect, you know, something out of the blue, a black swan, as we call it, a black swan is really got to be something out of the blue. It just can't be, oh, this will happen. Banks will collapse, black swan. But you already know that the Fed has got your back. So that's what happened with the US downgrade of their own credit. It sends out a warning signal to everyone. It in fact, it should push the dollar down. That would be the immediate impact I would expect. And we probably saw a bit of a dollar dip, you know, after that, even though bond yields were rising because it goes both ways. But then, you know, if bond yields are rising, that is knocking on the door. So that is surely a risk. You know, if people don't start buying up bonds and do we really need a crisis for bonds to rise again, a very, very long discussion. But we have seen what was looking like a bond rally go into a bond sell off. But despite that announcement, bond yields did not, at least bond prices did not make a new low compared to the low they've made a year back. Okay, so they didn't make a new low despite this. So that also tells you something. The reaction this time has been less, more muted when it comes to that downgrade. Now, that was a couple of days ago. That event was almost discounted. It looked like by Friday, markets didn't fall too much. Maybe we'll take support here. 
and then wake up monday morning you get uh, downgrades of the banking sec now this this was a second one out of the blue you know so you didn't just get a fitch downgrade but now you have modi's downgrading the banking sector and now this is also uh, this is also amusing uh, of sorts and points to the same thing are they early or are they late we'll only come to know later but right now i think based on everything that has happened and my reading of charts like i mentioned in the beginning i have written about the kbw bank index large abc you have achieved c equal to a which means in a large multi month multi quarter abc decline the third wave and the first wave have achieved equality and retraced 70 to 80% of the gains that they had made in post covid rally so when you have fallen back that much and after that fall the rating agency wants to come in and now downgrade your banking banking sector and that also after that abc decline which was in march of 2023 the fed has come out and said fine here's an open window if you need cash you can borrow directly from it so cash is available for everybody who needs it and the fed is ready ready to either bail out the banks or merge them with somebody else we've already seen a couple of such mergers so when a moody's downgrade happens either they're pointing to more such mergers coming or they're simply trying to say well we we've done our job of you know scanning all the banks for what's right and what's wrong and after all if bond yields are rising which they are right now uh, then if there is any risk on these books we buy might as well highlight it before another crisis happens so sort of they're doing their job they're doing their job after yields have gone up and after those uh, bond books uh, are going to Uh, appear to be getting decimated which means they need to be borrowing more uh, which they can uh, since the fed is providing that liquidity but yes uh, the rating agency is just doing their job of highlighting the fact that rising bond yields are not going to hurt these set of banks if yields go up further we'll probably give you a second list and a third list and that's going to be the process now are we going to really let bond yields go on and on higher and higher beyond this point now that's that's a question for the central bank and for the us treasury to really mull over i'm sure they mulled it over uh, let's come back to that but here as of now uh, the downgrades of the banking sector just predicated on this idea that yes yields are rising we have an issue but we also have backing of the fed and therefore it's not going to be a banking failure which is why what you saw look at the intraday action one is you have completed the previous bear market from a wave perspective you started a recovery in the banking sector something i have been predicting for the last couple of weeks and yesterday even after this downgrade intraday the bank index kbw or anyone you take opened lower gap down and then went all the way down recovered all the losses and then closed higher than where it opened forming what we call in candlestick terms a hammer a hammer is a candlestick pattern where all the selling gets absorbed and then you close higher which shows that buying is strong buyers are strong at lower levels not going to let it happen and it's a poten- potential sign of a bottom so we have signed that well it was just a panic reaction we bottomed and we might just continue higher because we ended up closing above the 20 day average we didn't even break that on the bank index whereas the other indices took all this news flow and have gone back to their lower bollinger bands whether it's the s&p nasdaq russell they all back there at support levels from where typically they should rally unless the world is going to come to an end which it's not so which means it's going to rally so that's my view us markets are set up for another rally to new 52 week highs can't say all time yet uh, but new 52 week highs in the coming weeks which would also aid a rally in in india we also seeing a similar recovery in europe right now as i speak so which means even european italian bank windfall tax is sort of tax is sort of absorbed now that is something i have not been able to study because europe is usually off our radar many years ago i used to read a lot on it when the greek and other problems were in highlight but after that i slowly gone off the books uh, not really studying europe in so much detail to be able to comment on what they've just done 
But the fact is when we look at the charts of Europe and I posted, uh, I think, a chart of the Eurostox 50 yesterday, probably in the insiders, maybe not in the public space. It's a long leading diagonal, okay, uh, multiple impulse waves overlapping with each other, getting shorter, but narrowly consolidating on the weekly chart, waiting for another breakout setup to the upside. That is what it looks like. I mean, so as much as there's everything wrong with Europe, the chart suggests that there's nothing wrong with Europe. It just rallied. Uh, post the lows of Jan and now it's consolidating and waiting for the next trigger to continue higher, not even down. It doesn't look like, at least right now, the 40-week average is holding, 23% retracement is holding, no sign of really a breakdown to think that something should happen, but a lot of short-term volatility. So with all this news flow from Fed to these rating movements and this windfall tax, you've got a lot of volatility around these indices, but they're not really making lower lows. Classic Dow theory downtrend, not happening yet. And uh, in fact, like I mentioned, Russell, Nasdaq all just pulled back, made a higher low on the weekly chart and most probably should continue higher from here unless there is some new evidence or new data. So no matter what happens, no matter what hits, uh, hits these markets in terms of near term news flow, it's really getting absorbed. Uh, whereas not getting absorbed is the bond market itself, which like I said, is knocking on the doors of trying to break the lows that it made last year, the bond prices, that is. Bond yields also trying to break past that 4, 4.1, 4.2% for the 10-year GSEC, 10-year uh, notes, that is, and not yet there. And so since it's not yet there, what has happened in the meantime is we have a record short position. If you actually add up all these shorts across the bond market, it will be an all-time high. It may vary from the 10-year to the 30-year because 10-year was highest some time back, then it's reduced and the 30-year is adding up. And then the two-year will have it. But if you add it all, all three together, there was a chart I saw yesterday, uh, which someone sent me, I think, uh, or today morning on Twitter, which was highest short. So I said, brilliant. I mean, if, uh, if that is the case, the setup is really for a huge short covering rally to happen. What does it need? The same trigger that was there last time, last month, which is inflation data was falling and yields had started to fall. But all these events, all these announcements from the Fed to the rating downgrades uh, have actually pushed yields back up and created that fear of breaking away. But they haven't broken past the previous high. So this time the news is not causing that bad a reaction in the bond market. In fact, it's just creating those shots back to records and keeping them there. And if there's the slightest positive news, if all this gets absorbed and imagine inflation data, which is coming Thursday night is again good, you know, again moving in the direction as expected. And it's already been the core inflation is already headed lower two weeks back. Again, you look for this month's data. And if it, it's favorable, then somewhere we are getting to the point where a bond market rally is going to get triggered. That is that is my main point. You have a huge shot in uh, the US bond market. You already had the huge shot in the US equity market, which is 50% unwound, not even 50, I would say 30% unwound because, well, you can say 50. You, you'd almost cross, you'd cross 400,000 contracts. Now you're at, you're at around 200,000 plus contracts. So 50% unwound, 50% still on the table. Uh, in terms of short, but the bond market is still at record. Both are due for short covering. So you get a bond and equity market rally. That is what I think will be the end result of all of this against all expectations of bonds go up, equities go down narrative, which I think will fall on its face. And I've explained that in detail in the weekend with India charts. Again, can't go into that much detail here. If you like, you go two, three episodes back and listen to it where I've discussed comparisons with uh, similar and the long shot report looks at the 40s and I've discussed the 80s. We've looked at the patterns of, uh, you know, bonds, yields, equities, inflation, all of them correlating in different time periods, different economic environments to explain why this will happen in a different way than it did 
in 2000 and 2008 so that's our expectation a complete uh, due change of how all this ends up despite all the panic in bond markets despite the push up in the dollar the dollar index peaked one year ago at almost 116.17 since then it's fallen below 100 it's trying to get back the 20 week average is 102.8 it couldn't get back above that last week it has been trying for the last two days we'll watch and if it fails then our bearish dollar view is still intact now in the meantime the rupee has been a pain because yeah unlike the US, unlike the dollar index the usd nr has not been really able to fall much and that's been true with lot of emerging market currencies they haven't really rallied as hard as they should have in a dollar weak environment probably because there were a lot of deviations or di- divergent moves across different currency baskets like you still had the yen falling you still had the yuan falling the chinese yuan and uh, many emerging market currencies like the brazilian real and all over, or the australian dollar are not strengthening as much as they would have so most of the dollar rally was driven mostly by the british pound which was leading the way uh, and to some extent the euro which was backing it up but the british pound was the real leader at this point of time uh, we haven't seen it happen across the board which is probably why the usd nr is also slightly flattish apart from any rbi intervention conspiracy theory stuff and the rbi may try sure they need to build up their reserves and they're doing that consistently one more reason why it's stuck between this range but eventually i still feel the rupee as long as it can't get past 83 against the usd is going to strengthen uh, which means usd nr going down and that is the likely pattern let's see how it responds around the rbi meet a lot will depend because you know what happens say the rbi does the unexpected which is cut rates which i think they should and i wish they will but i'm usually wrong about the rbi and so maybe they'll do nothing or just barely indicate they do something uh, the usd nr would shoot up first right oh they are they are cutting rates the rupee should weaken uh, and once that flash crash is done you probably see it turn and then a steadier move in the other way because when you get a bond market rally it'll actually end up attracting global money more than ever and when that happens then the rupee starts to strengthen so one thing is the short term reaction to something like that rate cuts and then there's the medium to longer term reaction because my long term view continues to remain that interest rates in india are going to go far far lower than most people can imagine even if they don't go that much lower in other parts of the world though there will be a bond market rally in the us so very very different divergent things that are going to happen but net net favorable to emerging markets and definitely excessively favorable to india and so i'm sort of discounting the recent moves uh, of course i'm still closely monitoring bond yields haven't started falling the dxy is still knocking at 102.8 but my sense is that uh, i should be right and let's see if that's what ends up happening the next two days should be critical both from getting inflation data from the us tomorrow and rbi's pronouncements on what it thinks of the situation if even if it does nothing you know that will be important in terms of giving us broad direction so let's hope that happens tomorrow and i'll leave you with these thoughts and this analysis for this week until next time thank you nothing in this podcast is investment advice views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work please consult a registered financial advisor for the same and yes please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge